the cannabis industry is evolving at a radical pace, progressing toward the green peak. Each week, join Richard Zwicky, a cannabis visionary and entrepreneur, as he interviews experts from around the globe to discuss updates and evolutions in the world of cannabis. Let's make that climb together up the, the green, green peak. peak with your host, Richard Zwicky. Hi, everybody. I'm Richard Zwicky with The Green Peak. And joining us today, we have Chuck Smith, who is the CEO of BR Brands or Bell Rock, which also, uh, of course, is the former president and CEO of Dixie Brands, which uh, merged in with Bell Rock. Um, you know, and these are some of the cannabis industry's leading uh, brands, well known names. And uh, I think, Chuck, um, you're one of the two founders of the company and helped grow Dixie from. A really small, almost a you know, out of a garage operation to a uh, one of the larger and uh, better integrated uh, companies in the industry. Um, taken about ten years, so I was you know always laugh because people talk about overnight successes, but they're all ten year overnight successes. But uh, Dixie's grown to being uh, you know having a portfolio of over a hundred products and running across five states. It's been an amazing journey. Uh, how are you feeling with all the uh, everything that's going on nowadays? Well, Richard, um, first and foremost, it's great to be here with you today and with the listeners of uh, Green Peak. So thank you so much for having having me on. Uh, I couldn't be more excited to talk about Bell Rock Brands and and um, you know the, the the new company. And it's it's kind of funny because you you mentioned the the ten years. You know, Bell Rock is a new company with a new name. But it's really a company that was formed by the merger of two of the most iconic and experienced companies in the cannabis industry, in my opinion, uh, Dixie Brands, as you mentioned, uh, which is the uh, owner of the portfolio of Dixie Elixirs and Edibles. We've been around for a little over 10 years. And then um, Mary's Brands, which is also equally, uh, I think, recognized in the industry as really leaders in the wellness products category with uh, Mary's uh, Medicinals, Mary's Nutritionals, uh, and even Mary's Tales, which is a uh, CBD product targeted to uh, to the pet industry. So you kind of combine those two really experienced companies uh, onto this platform of Bell Rock Brands, and uh, I, I couldn't be more excited about what we're bringing to the industry and, and about our future. Yeah, and, you know, looking at the future, of course, we've just gone through the uh, U.S. elections, and there's always a lot of changeover and you know this is going to be no less uh, a stunning shift in many levels <clears throat> as uh, some previous elections but probably going to have a you know a house that continues to be controlled by the democrats and by the time this airs we'll have more certainty on some level around the senate but it looks like potentially two runoffs in georgia which will control the balance of power <clears throat> regardless what do you see happening over the next couple of years because you know one thing to operate about today, but the, we all have to plan for the future. Yeah, for sure. And let's hope by the time this airs, we actually have certainty in the uh, presidential election, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it looks like it's forming up uh, the way that some predicted with uh, uh, new President Biden and his administration. So, uh, you know, look, um, this we've been working on this for years in terms of getting uh, some form of uh, legalization or certainly a more fair platform in the U.S. for for cannabis, uh, 280E reform, banking reform, and so forth. And we've been very close. We've been very close, certainly with support from the House. Uh, you know, President Trump under his administration, while not 
uh, overtly um, a huge supporter of the industry, certainly didn't get in the way. Uh, it, it really has been more blocked by the Senate. Um, I think now, as you kind of fast forward over the next uh, 12 to 24 months, I think you're going to see much more favorability, even with a uh, Republican-controlled Senate. And my reason for that is just obvious. You had five new states as of Tuesday that have voted uh, to approve some form of legalization of cannabis, both recreationally and or medically. Uh, in, and then you had... Um, uh, you have the, the job creation that is, um, you know, undeniable uh, through this terrible pandemic of COVID uh, in virtually every state other than Massachusetts. And for a brief time, Nevada cannabis was uh, considered an essential service and will likely continue through the, the balance of this pandemic. So there's just so much support for the, this industry as a well-regulated but well-run uh, healthy industry. And I think there's no denying that we're on a path to legalization. It's it's just how fast, you know, we get there under a new administration. Yeah, I mean, without question, it's on a path. And I mean, even even the Senate, you know, it did it did move forward on a number of substantive changes, and you know that couldn't have progressed for the at least on the the hemp side nationally, couldn't have progressed without the support of the Republicans along the way, and they they can see what's going on at the demand. And that, you know, really ties into, of course, your business strategy. Um, you've been really active in deploying new capital into the sector and looking to seek out new partnerships through uh, a buy and build approach. Um, do, you, do you prefer to buy or to build from scratch at this point with your organization, uh, both where you're already operating and where you're looking to open in the future? The good news Richard, is that the experience that I talked about at the beginning of the show with these two companies really having a combined, call it 18 years of intellectual knowledge, uh, intellectual property development, and and also just the um, the war wounds of being in the mm-hmm. cannabis industry for the last uh, 10 years. Yeah. Uh, you know, that experience, you just can't buy overnight. And so for us, we have a lot of optionality now. Uh, we have incredible technology and incredible team members that know how to really work with all forms of of cannabis, whether it's THC, CBD, or some of the new and rising cannabinoids. Uh, We understand how to put those into many different types of delivery vehicles, um, whether it's ingestibles or topicals. Uh, We're, you know, I joked um, previously about Dixie, we're a commercial food manufacturer. We just use a weird ingredient called THC. So, you know, for us, you know, we have the option as we see our consumers' trends evolving to be able to innovate uh, very rapidly and bring high quality and consistent products to the market. But also with this platform now of Bellrock, which by the way, upon the merger, we now operate in nine states between the combined entity. And it's not just um, uh, Dixie and Mary's, but we also have two great brands that are evolving out of uh, California, Rebel Coast, which is a uh, high quality infused drink uh, beverage platform, and then uh, Defonce, which is a, um, a higher-end chocolatier company. So we intend to bring both of those brands across the other eight states in the platforms that we're, the integrated platforms of manufacturing and distributing that we're rolling out across the country. So uh, what I would say on on acquisition, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't always just have to be an acquirer. We don't have to of be the acquirer. We can also be a great partner. And, you know, as an example of that, you know, it was obviously public knowledge that we have a 
partnership with a subsidiary of Arizona uh, Beverage Company. Right. And those kind of partnerships are are driven by the confidence that the that the partner has in us of being able to execute on what we say we're going to do. High quality, consistent manufacturing and responsible, consistent and um, market leading distribution. Absolutely. And, you know, your your brand is well associated to quality, which is which is key. And, you know, quality is a is, a, is an issue in the industry because there's so much variance um, market to market. I don't just mean in, within the U.S., but internationally as well with so many different regimens in place. And of course, in the U.S., with it being a state by state patchwork, it also makes it difficult. How do you how do you deal with um you know, on an ongoing basis, as you're planning your strategy across states, how do you uh, determine the the best path with regards to maintaining those standards because the states are so different? Sure, that's a great question. That's certainly, I think, across the industry, that's one of the things that is so challenging uh, here in the U.S. for sure that it is a fragmented market. It is state by state. So in some regards, that's good as we're trying to build the industry and, and, and you know, get a foothold. But on the other hand, it does create a lot of cost and complexity uh, and, and really um, uh, real diligence to, you know, compliance and, and, and the ability to execute. So, you know, for us, as we look at it from a Bellrock perspective, in every case that we can, uh, obviously, from a regulatory legal perspective, we want to own and control manufacturing and distribution. That means that we are controlling uh, the process, the procedures, the formulations, and really the execution into that market. Uh, We're also obviously capturing all of the revenue and the gross margin as well. So that makes it for a, a much better business model. In the places we're legally not allowed to, then we really look for strong partnerships uh, those partners that have the licenses hopefully have also access through the supply chain, uh, but all but really want us to come in where we can and and control the manufacturing at the very least and maybe distribution as well because they know that we are experienced in doing it. So so we try and you know I I, I joke all the time uh, maybe it's not a joke luck favors <laughs> the prepared mind so you know you. You want to make sure that you're controlling all the controllables you can. Uh, and then if you are, then then you're probably putting yourself in the best uh, possibility of success. The, the other thing I'll just say um, to add on is that everywhere we can, you know, we look for standardization, standardization mm-hmm. in flavors, formulas, packaging, and so forth. But there are some markets that that just doesn't work. And so we have to be very diligent about ensuring we comply with that local market's requirements uh, and we have an incredible team of compliance people, uh, staff members that really understand on a state by state and eventually a country by country basis uh, what it takes to deliver products legally and with again the highest level of uh, consistency and quality. Well, that's that's fantastic, and we have to take a short break. But I'd love to come back uh, to you on you know with regards to that some of the challenges of verticalization. Uh, that are coming over the next, you know, 12 and 18 months and how you plan for that. We'll be back in a moment with Chuck Smith from uh, BR Brands and, and I'm Richard Zwicky with The Green Peak. The Green Peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. 
Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Climbing our way up, up, up to the Cannabis Summit of Success. Cannabis Radio is back with more of the Green Peak. And we're back on the Green Peak with uh, Chuck Smith, who is the CEO of uh, Bellrock Brands. And uh, Bellrock, of course, came together, as we were talking earlier, with the uh, merger of Dixie and BR Brands. And Chuck, you're um, listed on the CSE. When did you list on the CSE and how have you found that process? Because a lot of the American MSOs are, of course, listed there because it's so difficult and challenging in the U.S. How have you, how has it helped you? Sure. Well, first of all, uh, Dixie Brands went public on the CSE back in uh, 2019, actually at the very end of November of 2019. my mother compliments me for a lot of things, but timing wasn't one of them. I was going to say t- that timing was, <laughs> I, I was doing a funding round in April of last year as the market collapsed and that was awful. Yeah. It was a, it was a little stressful for us because, um, you know, we certainly came with a great value proposition and, and uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of great hopes for where the market was going to take us. Now, the good news is uh, we've persevered. And the company certainly and its team certainly shows a lot of resilience. Hence, actually, uh, part of the reason for the name Bellrock. Bellrock, for your listeners, actually has two connotations, uh, two definitions, if you will. It's a very iconic um, uh, lighthouse off of the coast of Scotland in the Scottish Sea. Right. And so that and then it's also a, um, a mountain in Sedona, Arizona, which is kind of a interesting spiritual gathering place. But, you know, I liked the name because it really denoted the strength and uh, the strengths of the platform, the strength of the team and, and the resilience that the that this company has shown to kind of get through exactly what you were referencing, a, a very difficult capital markets uh, time in the industry over the last, uh, you know, 12 to 18 months. Yeah, it's an but, excellent um, name. I will, I will say that is a, a well, very well, strong name. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, um, the marketing team did a did a great job bringing that together. So I would um, I would say to you that you know we enjoyed the process of going public uh, with the CSE. The team there is uh, very supportive of our efforts. Uh, obviously, the market conditions were no fault of of theirs. The uh, the company now will resume trading hopefully in the next couple of days under Bellrock Brands. So Dixie as a publicly traded uh, company, D-I-X-I was the symbol will go away and it'll be replaced with Bellrock Brands, which the symbol will be B-R-C-K. And uh, that uh, hopefully again, will will occur at the very beginning of next week. Right, that's fantastic. So, you know, just before we broke before we were ta- you were talking a little bit about um, some of the aspects of verticalization like, and. Uh, and some of the challenges from state to state. Now, one of the things I am always looking at is when federal, you know, legalization does happen, it's going to affect the states where in some states you have to be completely vertical and others you have a bit more latitude. 
Um, but from an efficiency perspective, it's very hard to do everything extremely well. But business generally focuses on doing a few things extremely well and then bringing in the other parts. How do you plan for that? Because as you're operating state by state, you're going to have some states where you have to be fully vertical and others where you're able to work with partners to fill in gaps. How do you address it and how do you look at that going to change over that's going to change over the next couple of years? Sure. That's that has certainly been something that uh, that that we've looked at, but we've always come back to the the same thesis, which is to your point, you can't be all things to all people. So we know what we're good at. We know we're extremely good at innovating, developing, manufacturing, and then ultimately distributing consumer packaged good type products in the cannabis industry. Again, whether that's THC and regulated products or even our incredible portfolio of CBD products. So we understand what we're good at and we understand what we're not good at. We don't wanna be cultivators uh, and we don't really wanna be retailers because frankly, cultivation is a necessary requirement, uh, but we don't have the capital nor do we have the expertise to really drive the kind of efficiencies that are already in place with folks, whether they be the MSOs in, in states that require verticalization uh, or some of the other, you know, more established and large producers in, in the U.S. and, you know, uh, Colorado, for example, like Livewell, uh, which, you know, I could never compete with, with uh, John Lord on, on growing a, a pound of flour. Um, but, you know, what I can do is be a great partner of his and, and he can be on the front end of my supply chain where I know I have def- dependable and consistent and, and high quality product. On the other side of that, Richard, uh, we just don't want to sell to our own stores in a particular market. We want to sell to everyone because at the end of the day, we believe that the consumer is going to tell the retailers what products to, to carry, not the other way around. And so if we can bring our portfolio of high quality and in some cases, potentially like the Arizona product, famous brands to those shelves, we know the retailers are going to want to carry them because the consumers are going to be asking for them. Oh, so- absolutely. I mean, it's just like anything else. Uh, you know, a customer doesn't go into a liquor store and describe that they, you know, they want a particular flavor and everything else when they know the brand. They want a brand. They know what they know what the association is. Right. And I, look, I think we have to be realistic too that you know people thought about thought you know a year ago geez, brands were going to be everything. And so you saw some valuations and, and, you know, some excitement and enthusiasm on brands. And then all of a sudden, you know, recently as the market's been a little bit more constrained and contracting, people have questioned the, the value of brands. And I say that's just nothing more than the nature of where we are today with this fragmented market. As people come to trust brands, they're going to develop brand loyalty. And they will trust the brands because they know that, that every time they buy it, it's going to be the same quality, flavor, smell, effect, you know, everything down to the, you know, that, that they, they trust in the brand promise that that brand is made to them. And once they start getting used to the fact that they can trust brands, they'll have loyalty to brands. When they have loyalty to brands, then you will truly see national brands emerge. And we're very confident that the brands under Bellrock Brands Portfolio will be those national brands and will develop that type of consumer loyalty to drive outsized uh, revenue and, and outsized um, placement on shelf. Uh, absolutely agree. I mean, that's, it's key to long-term success and brands 
you know, from that perspective, not aren't just important on the recreational side where a lot of people think of brands, but underlying that, you know, in the medical side of the industry, it's that consistency and the stability and the standardization of the product so that you get what you need every single time. And, you know, that's for, you know, be it for a Parkinson's patient or somebody who's buying a topical for, you know, uh, pain relief or anything else. That consistency is, uh, you know, the holy grail that everybody has been striving towards. And, you know, it's not not really holy grail in terms of being unobtainable. It is just what everybody is has been working towards. And, uh, sure. but on, you know, on the adult use or recreational, you don't have to have the studies, which uh, from the medical side for the doctors and the physicians, they like the clinical studies and the reports and everything else. And that also ties back to the, uh, to the, uh, the standardization and the verticalization, not the verticalization, the standardization of the product. Now, you know, most of your market focusing on the, the brands how, and you talk about being able to supply others as well. How much time or thought do you spend towards the the other side, the the, the medical, and being a white label supplier into that or a branded supplier into that? Well, a couple of things on that uh, point. I'm glad you brought it up. One of the reasons I was so excited about the merger is that Mary's was really always built on a wellness and medicinal value of the of their product set, and really based on science. So for me, having that part of a portfolio uh, in our in our company, alongside of Dixie, which you know arguably has generally been uh, regarded as the fun, experiential uh, drink and confection product. So now we kind of cover both sides of that consumer that's walking into a dispensary. And just to, for clarification, I know you're aware of this, but Dixie started in Colorado when it was still only a medical market. So mm-hmm. most of our formatted products work from a medicinal side, meaning they can work in a medical only market like Maryland, for example, right. uh, where we've been for many years. Uh, but they also can then cross that gap into uh, a pure recreational or adult use side. Uh, on the Mary's side of the of the house, again, been focused mainly on topicals and a very high quality wellness product uh, portfolio. But you know, don't uh, be surprised in the near future if you see Mary's come out with a a functional, uh, high performing wellness based gummy, because they can take uh, we will take the technology that Dixie's perfected in growing and building one of the number one gummies in the country. Uh, from a recreational perspective, we could take that same technology, add um, some additional ingredients, botanicals or nutraceutical type ingredients, and now format a uh, functional based gummy that appeals to the Mary's customer who's really looking for um, a a wellness regime with cannabinoid based products. Okay, that's that's excellent. And uh, I mean, those different modalities of delivery systems are key for patients and, you know, because of the the challenges people have along the way. Um, We're going to have to take another break, but then we'll be back in just a few minutes with um, Chuck Smith, who is the CEO of Bellrock. And uh, we're looking forward to continuing the conversation. I'm Richard Zwicky on The Green Peak. The Green Peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? 
Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Climbing our way up, up, up to the Cannabis Summit of Success. Cannabis Radio is back with more of the Green Peak. And we're back with Chuck Smith uh, from uh, Bell Rock. And Chuck, you know, when we talked, we spoke at and started the uh, this segment a bit with noting the political change that's going on in the U.S. right now with the elections and the like and how that's going to affect the long-term perspective. And, you know, it's an inexorable march forward towards legalization across the board, which is uh, long overdue. And uh, it's been great to, to see, but also for patients to have access and for, you know, people as a whole to have access is uh, great. But of course, the the changes in the opening of the market brings new opportunities and new challenges for investors. Before investors were able to go laser focused in on a few companies in very finite markets, and you know, it was always a question of you should invest in what you know, but also be able to learn and understand about the companies in particular. And as the market opens up, there's going to be a lot more players, but there's going to be a lot more changes coming. Um, both in terms of companies that are planning for the next couple of years, but also for where they're headed. Um, new investors are going to be coming in the market, ones that are looking for existing brands and new brands. Um, how do you see that happening? What do you see as, uh, you know, being the, that comp- they should be looking for in companies as planning out their portfolio, both from a risk perspective, but also from an opportunity perspective? And of course, Bellrock is one of those opportunities. Let's uh, let's put that out there. Well, I appreciate that, and I'll I'll do my best to try and not make this a commercial for Bellrock. But I guess that's a little bit of my job as the CEO. Um, but look, I think if you take a step back and just look at this thing from a macro perspective, the, the there's a lot of tailwinds now to this industry. Uh, we've talked earlier about the political uh, climate change. Uh, we've talked about the fact that you know five new markets uh, have approved some level of legalization. And I think a study I saw, uh, or a report I saw uh, Wednesday morning, is that over the next couple of years, those five new markets are going to account for an estimated uh, two and a half to three billion dollars in additional revenue for the industry. Mm-hmm. So, and these are not huge markets, frankly, Montana, South Dakota. Uh, even Mississippi, but then you've got massive markets like New Jersey and Arizona that are coming online. So, you know, I think the best days are ahead for this industry. And I, and I do believe that um, investors now will see uh, a nice lift in the future when we do get some banking regulation, uh, banking regulations that make it easier for us uh, as an industry to, to bank and manage our money. And then more importantly, we get 280E relief 
I mean, I can't predict Richard the day, the day or year even that's going to happen, but I would say it's within either the next couple of years, we're going to see a real significant movement on both of those and, and real relief that mm-hmm. takes existing high quality businesses and upgrades their profitability immeasurably when you're talking about uh, reducing some of these onerous regulations or, or tax implications in particular for 280E. So, so I do think even though the industry has gone through some contraction and some early investors have felt some pain on that, and I, and I purely, purely recognize that, um, I do feel our, our best days are ahead of us. As far as Bellrock itself and, and kind of maybe a, a thesis for investors going forward, you know, does the company have a strong uh, foundation for execution? Does it have a strong platform for execution? And, and what is its capital allocation model? Meaning, is there a high cost of capital to build out significant infrastructure? Or does that start to, to normalize as the industry commoditizes and you're working off of normal margins? For, for us, uh, Bellrock, you know, again, as I mentioned, not really focused on the cultivation side, working with great partners that know how to do that. And then dis- distributing to everyone, as opposed to you know building our own brick and mortar um, delivery. So we focus on that thing in the middle, which has some level of capital intensiveness to it, but it's really to increase production and margin capture. So for us, you know, and what people could look at in our business going forward is continuing to expand, which continues to grow revenue and continuing to get more efficient with more products on the same platform that allow us to grow margin. And ultimately that falls, falls to the bottom line for positive EBITDA, which is what everybody ultimately is going to value our companies as. Yes, it is. And I mean, it's what every, every investor should be valuing companies in the long term. Uh, not just yours, but every one of them, you know, we're, we're coming out, there's the, you know, the early phase with any company where you're looking at what's the hockey stick look like, but then at a certain point was revenues are generated, you judge the company based on that revenue efficiency. And uh, that's a complete and dynamic change. And a lot of the, uh, the companies in the industry who went public, went public early revenue or pre-revenue, but now they're in that process and at the stage in their lives where they become mature enough to be judged based on how are they standing on their own two feet. And that's been a fantastic, uh, fantastic point of growth. And, you know, I think we're running out of time here, but of course you not just having driven your firm to that point, but also you were a, your founding board member of the cannabis trade federation and of the, um, you know, Colorado leads and the business and the coalition of cannabis business leaders, among other things, you've seen all of that change and you've seen the euphoria get replaced by, you know, going through a real period of turmoil, but now into reality. And uh, it must, it's rewarding, isn't it? Well, it is. And I'm, and thank you for mentioning those organizations and I'm proud to be part of them and in any role that I get to play the, um, you know, I, I really believe if you're going to build an industry and you're going to, um, you know, obviously as a capitalist, you do it to reap the benefits of that for your company, your shareholders, your employees, but you also have to put in the effort to make sure that you're part of the, of the answer of how do you build this responsibly. And, uh, and I'm proud that we've been part of that. And I'm proud that the, the different organizations that we've been privileged to be uh, members of, 
uh, and board members of um, have really focused on how do we build a responsible industry for the long term, not just for some short term gains. And, and I'll just say in wrapping up, um, you know, again, investors should look at this as a long term investment. It is it is not a short term fix. Yeah, uh, we're all you know. I've been in it for ten years, and I'm hoping to make a dollar here pretty soon. Um, <laughs> but, but but the reality is, you know, it, you didn't build the railroad industry overnight. You didn't build the airline industry. You didn't even build the alcohol industry overnight. There was a lot of starts and stops. And 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 again, I do believe that this industry and and speaking for my company. Uh, our best days are ahead of us, and and I'm very excited about that. And I think that's very true, and I'm excited for to watch what happens with Bellrock as well. And uh, I can't say enough about being involved in helping uh, the industry and the associate and the associations around it. With uh, that's been a big part of my contributions as well. But we are out of town time today. Uh, but I'd like to thank you, Chuck, for joining us, and for all of our listeners. Uh, you know. Chuck Smith with uh, Bell Rock. And Chuck, if anybody has a question, how should they reach you? Uh, yes, the best thing to do, uh, Richard, is um, you, they can send an inquiry to info at bellrockbrands.com. And again, I hopefully we'll uh, uh, start trading on the CSE next week and they'll be able to look at up that information as well uh, on the CSA listing. And and I want to tell you, uh, Richard, thank you so much for all you've been doing for the industry, getting the word out, having uh, having uh, great uh, content on uh, on your podcast, and and really, frankly, being having such a insightful kind of commentary and and insight to the industry. It, it's been a pleasure to to be part of uh, of this uh, Green Peak podcast today. Thanks, Chuck. I appreciate that. So thanks to our listeners for uh, joining us again this week. I'm Richard Zwicky, and we'll be back again soon. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.